back, everyone. Uh, another episode of True Crime Drunks. Uh, I am Wes McBee, and with me as always, the Holly Lee. Um, Hello. Recovering something again, a little different from cults and serial killers. Doing a kidnapping. A kidnapping, and of someone who we don't personally know, but it hits pretty hard to home. Yes, happened in the Salt Lake County, which we're 15 minutes from Salt Lake City, so it's very, very close to home. We, I know a lot of the places that are talked about. Where and, she was taken, you can literally hike up there. Yep. And this, and who we're talking about is Elizabeth Smart. Now, if you weren't of age during um, the 2002-2003 time period, mm-hmm. um, she was a... 14-year-old girl who was kidnapped from her home by knife point. Yes. Um, by a gentleman, well, not gentleman, by a disgusting devil man named Brian Mitchell. Um, yeah. It's, I kind of remember, I was in second, third grade mm-hmm. during that time period, and I remember everyone talking about Elizabeth Smart. I remember even, like, where my dad worked at the time, there was, uh, you know, posters yeah. and sign-ups. <laughs> And different things like that. Um, it was an event. It was an event. I remember when her book came out. Yeah. That was the biggest thing that I remember. Because I think I was going to read it when it first came out. But I was also very illiterate yeah. as a kid. <laughs> so I wasn't very good at reading. But I remember also being very fascinated about the, the idea of being kidnapped but found. Right. Because, you know, like your parents always are like, Hey, if someone takes you, you're gone. Yeah. Well, my dad was more of like that. <laughs> more was, savage. <laughs> more savage of like, you're going to be dead if right. someone takes you. I'm like, okay, I won't trust a soul. Yeah, don't get kidnapped. But that, it was like a it was a weird concept to me because like I also watch like NCIS and like all the crime shows with my grandma. And most of the time, people got kidnapped, they never came back. Right. They it, were always found dead. So. Well, it, there's a reason why there's that 48 hour time period. Yeah, 48 hours, and that hours. secondary location John Mulaney is so scared about. right so what transpired after so the kidnapping happened on june 5th of 2002 um elizabeth smart was 14 years old sleeping in her bedroom where she was woken up by a heavily bearded man with a knife telling her that she needed to leave her house yes Um, he's gonna kill her whole family yeah kill her sister who she was sleeping next to Mm -hmm. and kill her whole entire family if she didn't stay quiet and listen what transpired after her leaving that house and being taken up a mountain to a camp yeah. was probably some of the worst things that could ever happen to a child. Oh, easily. I mean... Especially and, as a 14-year-old girl. So I read her book. Um, my Story. My Story. And she, if you listen to it on Audible, she actually narrates it. Yeah, she narrates it. And she does a, such a good job. Great you can, job. You can, like feel her emotions Mm -hmm. and the way she talks about certain situations like we'll talk more about it like at the end of like what kind of shit she had to go through to prove her story but you can tell in the book she she lives that nightmare every day and i do have to say like you know we've talked about some horrible people already obviously john lynn gacy and you know the golden state killer but i don't know if it's just the fact that it's so close to home or that she's a survivor and she's now writing about it but for me this one was really difficult to get through i think it's because you get to see it firsthand because i think the difference between the people we've already done is that like i mean the golden state killer did have victims but they haven't really talked like i haven't really heard like victims 
coming forward on camera being like, this is what happened to me, this is how it felt. Right. Not in the way that Elizabeth Smart's done. Elizabeth Smart has bared herself and bared her story so prevalent that I feel like it's a little bit different because I feel like it's a little bit harder. Right. And I think, too, that... I think that this... I don't know. it. It's like you listen to the book, right, and you hear Elizabeth talking, and she she's able to write so well yeah like for not being someone who was an author like this book is really well written yeah and the way that she's able to speak like it's tough it was really tough for me like there i i had to take a lot of breaks from this one just because of the magnitude of shit that she went through i mean yeah and i do want to preface like we'll be talking about some of the stuff that happened the whole entire story from day one to you know her final finally being reunited with her family um we'll spare a lot of the details because in her book she does go like day by day for the first little bit and tells you a lot more details and we want to leave that for her to tell yeah her Um, story so if you are more interested in the finer details you can find her book yeah or Um, she has a lifetime movie that's pretty spot on right that she even like pops up in that surprises me right do I have a tasteless joke for this time? Well, I don't know how much of a joke it is. It's kind of a play on word, but like, you know, if Elizabeth Smart was so smart, why'd she let herself get kidnapped? God damn. I'm just kidding. Total joke. Total joke. Tasteless jokes is part of this. Yes. Um, I think too, like, I know that a lot of people who know her story claim that she had Stockholm Syndrome, yeah. claim that she had... been mind-controlled by uh, Brian Mitchell and that she was, I don't want to necessarily say in love with him, but... But she had Stockholm Syndrome. She felt connected to them, slash that she wanted to be with them. I think people people accused her a lot of being wanting to stay with them. And I don't think that that's the case. No, and I don't... I don't. As a 14-year-old girl, like not myself right now, but as a being a 14-year-old girl and also... Like, I was lucky, like, being 14, that I was very, like, not Mormon, so I was not sheltered at all. But being heavily sheltered like she was, especially in the early 2000s where you didn't talk about stuff, your purity is, like, number one, modesty, like, being a Mormon girl at 14, you don't know anything about life. And then being thrown in this situation where you are just you experienced more than anyone's going to ever experience in their life. Right. So, like, to be 14 and to not have the knowledge she, she that some 14-year-olds would, it makes sense that she doesn't know what to do in that situation well, because what fucking 14-year-old knows to do when you get kidnapped? Well, no, and on top of that, like, if you think about the whole big picture, right, he walked into her house without any struggle, No. kidnapped her, without anyone being woken up yeah and held her captive and told her every day that, that if, he, if she ran away he will find her and kill her family well because he preferenced too that he had people out there that'll kill yeah. her family and if he that got he caught people. yeah and he's like he's like if you run away i'll come back and kill your family so she was doing it out of also protecting her family because yeah. she didn't know right like if someone told me that they had the way to kill my family I would also be the true crime nerd I am. I'm like, fucking do it and run. Right. 
Because I know they wouldn't kill my family, because realistically, they wouldn't. No. Also, if I got ran away and then got taken by the police, I can be like, they threatened my family. Protect my family. But, like, even then, she doesn't know that, though. But she really does think, because, like, I mean, a guy coming into your house, unseen, undetected, just like that, it seems like she has younger siblings. And she has younger siblings, because she um, is the second oldest of six kids. Yeah. So she has four little siblings. One was sleeping next to her when she got kidnapped. She was she's terrified for them. Right. And I also like they can't protect themselves. You hit on a little you hit you hit it a little bit with the whole they grew up Mormon. And for those of you who don't live around Utah, like what that really means though is like Mormons have a very important factor in their life and that is staying pure. That's avoiding anything that's bad for the body, that's avoiding anything that's bad for the mental. You don't watch regular movies, you don't mm-hmm. you don't get involved in anything that is not seen as like straight edge yeah like very to the t like they're very straight edge slash pg-13 movies is a racy kind of night yeah like like it's like a oh let's make sure and see what's in it yeah like 16 candles is an oof maybe because there's a titty scene you know yeah like they probably wouldn't even watch 16 candles you know so it's very very sheltered and she does cover that a bit in her book about how you know she was a sheltered girl but like to put it in perspective she was at the age where she was like she mentioned it a little bit like when she would ponder her life what it would be like if she never got back but she's like oh i never even got to have a boyfriend or like do all these like very yeah never got to go on a date because technically you can't date till you're 16 yeah very very innocent things like if you think of like a girl or a boy who's young and they're just extremely innocent she was that to a T. She was that to a T. She was the good little Mormon girl. Very good in school. Very good in school. Never caused her parents any heartache. Nope. Never did anything wrong. Never even thought about drinking or smoking. Yep. She never even wanted to even put it in her mouth because, like, it, it, it violates. Said, yeah. but it violates because your their whole belief is your body's a temple and you don't do anything to violate it. No, you don't. You don't do anything. You don't drink, smoke. You don't do drugs you don't do anything no premarital sex or yeah. you know kissing is very even like whoa Ooh. but you know. i mean that's a little bit lax because the more people you kiss the sooner you'll find your husband right yeah that one's a little bit different yeah but, that's, but at 14 you don't think about it like that way no. that's that's like a oh my god my first kiss right. is like gonna be with your first boyfriend probably right if not it's gonna be with 20 other boys but it's okay because you only kiss right and you're trying to find your husband yeah, and I don't know if the Mormons have the poop hole loophole or not. They but that's don't. for a different... Yeah, that's the Catholics. That's the, the Catholics. Mormons. Right, the Mormons, no. I think, went around there. They're like, no fun. No. Like, you can't even give blowjobs yeah, in the Mormon right. church. Catholics, you can give blowjobs and do anal. But you can't go into the glory hole. Like, first of all, <laughs> yeah. the glory hole. That's, a, that's anyways, something different. That's a little something different. Could that count? No. Anyways, let's go on. Maybe. I don't know. So, let's talk about her captors a little bit. Um, Brian David Mitchell and Wanda Barzee. Yes. So some backstory on them. I don't want to give them too much light, but I did find Mitchell's um, kind of story interesting because I didn't realize this about him because they never had news coverage because they don't deserve new cover- no, news coverage. Not. But Brian David Mitchell was born October 18th, 1953 in Salt Lake City. He was the tr- third child of six in a Mormon family, which is very interesting. Well, obviously normal. Um his parents were teachers and social workers, but his dad actually um, was known to, like, uh, like he, like, Mitchell talks about how his dad would actually show his son, like, 
nudes, like expletive photos and medical journals um, to teach him about independence, they say, like his excuse was. Mm. Um, and then also his what his dad would do, and I think that kind of shows to Mitchell's character about being able to adapt slash being able to find all the weirdest places is because what his dad would do is drop him off in random places in Salt Lake and be like, all right, find your way home. Interesting. Isn't that weird? So I think that kind of plays into Mitchell because how he's able to like have connections everywhere and know how to right. get places without being seen. Um, so, but at age of 16, uh, Mitchell actually exposed himself to a child's and went to juvie for that. Um, at 19, he married and had two kids, actually. So there's another guy with two kids and then started going crazy. Right. Um, um, had two kids with Karen Moore, who was three years younger than him. Um, so that means he married a 16-year-old. Yep. Um, yep. Okay. So after the divorce. Makes sense. Yeah. And after the divorce, minor... His wife got custody of both kids, um, and then they just fucking fled Utah. They, like, I think went to, like, instead of New Hampshire, um, which he also then, oh, no, wait. So once she got full custody of both of her kids, Mitchell temporarily fled with the children to New Hampshire, uh, where he joined a commune, and but he had a drug and alcohol abuse, mm. and then he returned to Salt Lake um, to find sobriety. And then, and then Mitchell had two additional kids with his second wife, who had three from her previous marriage. So on top of having those two that he dropped off in New Hampshire, don't know what happened to them, he then came back to Salt Lake to get sober, had two more kids, and then um, they separated because Debbie thought that Mitchell abused, sexually abused one of their sons, their three-year-old son. But they could never do that because obviously he was three and it was never really, you know. Right. But, so then after that, if he wanted to visit his kid, he'd had to, like, do a court order. Like, it was very supervised. And then, um, and then, um, one of the other kids then said that Mitchell also abused him as well. So, a lot of abuse going on from the beginning with him when it comes to children. And then about Wanda... Farzi, there really isn't much about her, but mm. she was a mother of six who, when she met Mitchell, then divorced and left her kids to be with Mitchell. Wow. And then from there, kind of was like, then that's kind of when Mitchell became a, the prophet mm -hmm. of the Lord. And that's where then their story started, and then they found Elizabeth. Right. So, from my understanding, too, is Brian and Wanda had done a lot of traveling across the states yeah. kind of being vagabonds and you know taking money where they could taking food where they could and that's why they were so successful at living on top of a mountain yeah. with a 14 year old captive because they knew how to be nomads and live off of like a week's worth of food in a month right now brian mitchell does have a whole entire alpha david pretty much about his belief system. Yeah. Now, this is a very touchy subject, and I'm not going to get into it. Maybe in a different situation, but a lot of the reason why I think that he is so good at manipulating, especially around the United, or excuse me, especially around Utah, mm -hmm. is he does know 
the LDS religion really well. Yeah, because he was raised in it. And he does know certain things that may have been talked about in back doors amongst LDS members. And I think that he was able to say enough to Elizabeth Smart that maybe even she for a little bit did believe some of the shit that he was saying. Because from when you read the book, he not from what she said, he nonstop talks. Talks about how great he is. And basically his whole thing is he is a prophet from God and from Jesus here to basically save the world, world, get a bunch of wives, repopulate, everyone's sinners, everyone's evil, except him. He also goes by the name Emmanuel, which is his God-given name. Wanda has a special name. And then they give, give Elizabeth one. Yeah, which was, I couldn't remember, but she wanted to be called Esther. Yeah, Esther. Because that was her favorite name in the Bible. Yeah, because that was some bad bitch in the Bible. Yeah, it was a bad like bitch it. in the Bible, and she was like, call me Esther. Yeah, and they called her Esther for a while, and then they went back to the original name. Yeah, and... when she was like, and it was also a boy name, so she's like, why are you calling me a boy name? Yeah. When I'm a girl, like, you, there's so many names in the Bible, and you pick a boy name? Right. Now, I do have to say, with Brian Mitchell, a lot of very similar things as some of these other people we've followed. He is, in his own light, very intelligent. He knows how to speak to people. He knows how to manipulate. And not just in a way of like, oh, you're a little manipulative. Like, he can flip things into his narrative very well and very fast. Yeah. And that not only made Elizabeth have to be stuck with them for longer than the nine months that she was. Yeah. But also get them tons of, well, not tons, but also was the reason that he could supply them with food and water and different things like that. Yeah. He also had hookups around Utah. Yeah. On top of the fact that he was drank almost every day and had smoked and whatever else drugs. Oh, yeah. Like, we can get into that. Um, I do think that... You know, people talk about Wanda and an interesting thing. Like, I definitely agree with her sentencing. I agree that she was accomplice. Mm-hmm. I agree everything that she did wrong. She's now out. Yeah, she's out now, up, and she has parole till 2024. Yeah. And then she can. she's a free citizen again. I mean, she can't vote, but, like, yeah, she's mm-hmm. out and about. I don't know how I feel about that. I don't like it. She was... An accomplice, and the things that they did to her, she was 100% a part of. Yeah. She 100% went with it and used Elizabeth as, like, a slave because yeah. she was jealous that Elizabeth was getting attention from, day, like, our Mitchell. Yeah. But it's also, like, excuse you. Yeah, it's a, it's a very tough, tough story to talk about. Um, the whole entire kidnapping lasted a total of nine months. Now, I'm sure to some of you, you might think, oh, well, that's not that long. Here's the thing. And for the next 10, 15 minutes, however long we talk, like this stuff is going to be pretty dark and pretty heavy. heavy. Um, After Brian had kidnapped Elizabeth, they traveled only, it was about 18 miles Mm -hmm. from Elizabeth's home, but it was on top of the Wasatch Mountains. You guys can Google all this if you want to know what it looks like. Yeah. And... They had set up a camp. Well, they had multiple camps throughout the Wasage Mountains, yeah. but they had like a front camp with some supplies, and then they had a camp that was super high up in the mountains, um, and that's where they had set up tents and different things along those lines where they would eventually stay for several months. Um, upon arriving, 
I don't remember exactly how long it was, but Mitchell ended up force well telling Wanda that she had to clean Elizabeth, um, which is interesting because there was a biblical reference that she told Elizabeth that she wanted to clean her feet, which is, if I remember right, the equivalent of saying like I'm beneath you, like you're yeah. you're above, like. Which I don't know if that's why they why she put that in there or not, but it was interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and then upon being cleaned is when Brian went in and raped her. Yes. And that happened every, not the washing, but the raping happened every single day for the whole entire nine months, minus a few days here and there. And we're not just talking about one type of rape. It was everything. Multiple. It was everything. It was everything. Every dark thing you can think of happened to this girl. Yeah. 14-year-old girl. A 14-year-old girl. Every day for nine months. Like, I can't. Like, I can't even. Sorry. It's it's a. It's a heavy. It's a heavy it's a thing heavy that one. happened to her. And that's why when people say that she's a liar and that, that she wanted it, it's like, don't you ever think no, that. The audacity behind it. Like, you, you look at your children and imagine that happening to them for nine months and tell me that. They want your children would have wanted it. Yeah. Anyways, but let's get kind of into the beginning of like everything that happened. Let's get into the story. Yeah. So Brian David Mitchell, we kind of went over that. Went into her house by knife point, took her. Um, but crazy enough, when he was in her room, her sister actually woke up, and I think her sister was two or three years younger, mm-hmm. so she was eleven-ish. Eleven-ish, or I think she even might have been younger. I think she might have been eight. Yeah. No, her sister was much younger. I think she was, because Elizabeth now is 32, and her sister's 34, so she was 10. Mm. So, or 38, or 28. Anyways, her sister was 10. Her sister woke up, and this is, like, the most, like, smart thing her sister could have done, is she kept quiet, and as soon as they left the room, she got up to go to her parents' room, but what stopped her from going into her parents' room is she saw Mitchell... And ran back into her room and was so frightened, she stayed under the blankets for, like, I think it was two to four hours before she got the courage again to wake up and be like, go to her parents and be like, Elizabeth was taken. And her parents are like, you know, she probably just went back to her room to go to sleep. And then she's like, no, someone came in and took her. And they're like, okay, we'll check the house. And then she was gone because they found a slit in the window seal, like the, the screen. They found a slit in the screen, and they were like, that's when they instantly called the police. Well, and, went. and I saw people criticizing the young daughter. She's 10 years Calm old. Calm the fuck on. Like, She's 10 years old. I, I would still probably, well, 20-year-old me probably would have still stayed under the covers. Yeah, I definitely. Like, come on now. Like, I might have not stayed under there for that long, but I definitely would have stayed under there a long time. Yeah. It just like. As a 10-year-old, she probably just didn't even process time. She probably was just in so much shock. Because she's a sheltered kid. She doesn't understand what just happened. Well, and let's be honest. Like, Brian Mitchell looks like a bigger, buffer Charles Manson. Yeah, he looks He's not, like, an approachable person. No. He's really, like... He, he's a Charles Manson. He's, yeah. He's that, he has that handsomeness, but when he's trying to be scary, he's fucking terrifying. Well, and if you look, like, they talk... She talked about this a lot in the book, that he was very athletic very strong very like he would wait he wouldn't sleep all the way through oh, the no. night he would he wake, would up, wake at, like, up at like four in the morning and start doing reps yeah the exercise like he was not in piss poor shape this dude was like 
buff. Buff as fuck. He tried it. He worked his hardest. You know what's a scary thing, too, is, like, prior to the kidnapping, that whole situation. So, Mitchell was actually had a reputation. Like, people knew him as a beggar. Like, yeah. he was downtown in homeless areas begging for money. Oh, he knew people. He had yeah. connections. He had connections. What, this is the part of the story that's pretty scary, too, is, like, his, Elizabeth's parents actually saw him one day and, and gave him money and also gave him an opportunity to, to work. work. Yeah, for and money. For money. And she, like, he, like, pretty much scouted her out. That's how he was able to pick Elizabeth. Yeah. Because he talks about wanting a Mormon girl, which we'll get into in a second. But, yeah, so he he actually knew. That's why it's, there's that conspiracy is because the family knew him because they picked him off the street to help him with work because they were trying to do a good deed right. which i bet they regret to this day right yeah for those of you who may know this story on deeper levels there is some conspiracies and some interesting information out there um what holly and i have actually t- excuse me what we've actually talked about is um i have a top shelfers patreon we are going yeah. to do doing a patreon episode first do, one ever yeah do short patreon segments about maybe stuff that isn't so mainstream or isn't so necessarily looked at as the truth now we will cover it in a sense of its information that's out there it may or may not be our opinions but yeah if you guys are interested in stuff like that you're more than a conspiracy is a conspiracy yeah as believe it or not it's just a conspiracy yeah. because there's never way, there's not there's no way to prove it but anyway so once mitchell gets her out of the house he then like takes her obviously before he gets to the mountain, there was actually a police officer, yeah. and they had to hide. And she was hoping so hard that the police officer would notice, but he wasn't obviously there. Um, but the police, so like obviously that one little chance she had was like gone. But anyway, so then Mitchell took her up the mountain, then the the girl the wife his wife then washed her feet and basically they got Mitchell and Elizabeth got married as you know her second his second wife yep. and was talking about how he always he needs a Mormon girl because they're the most pure yep. and I really do agree with that most Mormon girls are the purest yeah they're the well, most pure when it comes to like to the what, pure to the m- subjective level of it yeah like to be like out of all religion I think a majority of Mormon girls are pretty pretty yeah. modest and and that and that isn't girl. a dig either like i nothing wrong with that no. but that was his preference is he wanted a mormon girl and i and i completely understand why he did that right because it's so much easier to mm-hmm. manipulate someone who doesn't know how the world works and i don't mean that in a negative way it's just kind of how the culture is around here it's gotten different oh it's as, much different than the last 20 years than when that this happened the early 2000s oh, oh yeah it was a different story oh utah was a very different place 10, even 10 years ago it was a very different place yeah. it's just now starting to become more with the times with the times and funny enough yeah yeah and it was definitely you know he he had a plan he knew how he was going to do it and he was successful mm-hmm. um and i think that given any other type of girl who wasn't a sheltered mormon girl it probably wouldn't have worked no, I don't think, I think she would have, I don't think it, it wouldn't have lasted as long. It would have worked up until they started letting her off her leash. Yes. Because after their wedding night, if you want to call it that, it really wasn't. After basically the rape night, 
which happened every day ever since then. Um, multiple times a day sometimes. Yeah. But so after that night, um, Elizabeth fell asleep because they all slept in the same tent. No, before she was raped, what happened was, which is even more fucked up and why I don't believe, what's the bitch name? What's her name? Wanda? Wanda. Wanda? Yeah. Wanda shouldn't be released right now. If you're listening, Wanda, go fuck yourself. Yeah. You can go jump off a bridge. I would not cry over your death. Nope. Because before that, before she was raped, Wanda and Mitchell performed, like, basically had sex in front of Elizabeth and being like, this is what it's going to happen from now on. And that happened a couple times for the, the different acts. For the different acts, Wanda would... Basically perform. perform, present, show her, and then Mitchell's like, "This is what we're doing now." Yeah. And so, um, so on top of being a fourteen-year-old girl who's never seen sex before, who's probably never even really talked about it, besides maybe abstinence, but even then, probably not even that because it's not the age yet. She's no. still in. If you're fourteen, you kind of you're middle grade. ninth grade, eighth grade, so you're not quite there. That's still middle school for Utah. Yep. Is that's still middle school, so that's not really a topic, especially in the early two thousands in Utah. That wasn't something to think about, really, especially where she went to school and all that stuff. It wasn't a thing that people talked about yet. To then see people have sex and have to watch because he had a knife to her. And remember that this is pre social media age, so like she didn't get to like just happen to watch porn on accident. Yeah, like the these topics were vastly different in two thousand two than they are now. I mean, fuck, you can turn on TikTok now and see Sex wild shit, yeah. you know. So, like, I saw a girl giving a BJ tutorial on TikTok. Yeah, I saw. You know? a, so like, there's a sex therapist that goes over. That I think has like three hundred TikToks, and each one is a different type of kink. Yeah, and she like it's like it's just sex now. It's just like it's, just, it's not shunned upon. It's not. It's not. It's more open, which it's is talked about. A positive. It's a good positive, but during it's this time for her, very different. Very different. You don't you'd talk have about to it. go out of your way to find it. Yeah, you'd have to go out of your way and have those kind of people in your life. Like, you'd have to have friends, and she didn't have those kind of friends. She was a good Mormon yeah. girl. There wasn't Netflix with rated R movies. No. I don't think there was, like, on-demand type stuff. Like, no. you would really have to go and either, like, have an older person buy you a rated R movie or, like, your parents, like, slip up and leave something out. Like, I remember the first time I, like, snuck a movie. It was my parents dvds of american pie and porkies there you go you know so like but that's like how different it was like it wasn't this like had to go and find i couldn't just get on my phone but i'm just gonna watch this movie you know it was it was different yeah because like i remember like the first movie i watched that had like graphics like i was like oh yeah it was on netflix yeah and like i just happened upon it but like it was a different time for her so she wasn't very like she knew about sex obviously but she didn't know about the act or have seen it no and then to be forced to watch it by her kidnapper and this weird crazy ass lady and then to be raped right afterwards it's just and then awful it's just awful and then if that doesn't if that alone makes you question whether or not six months from now she was okay with it then you need a mental you need to go get yourself checked out because no 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 and later in this episode i we're gonna delve into that some more. Yeah, and I want to talk about too about some interesting reasons like I why I don't see her as much in the news as I think that she should be because to be honest with you like as far as survivors of something so traumatic and still maintaining a somewhat well, I don't even want to say somewhat like she's successful, she's 
seems to be living a life the, the best as she can. Like, which will will perk everyone up with some good news of where yeah, she is now. And, but she doesn't get discussed a lot as far as like, in the culture goes because, and I think maybe it has to do with her religious background and some of the things she brings up in the book may scare people away in different reasons. But yeah, I, it's kind of sad that someone who survived so much still doesn't get talked about as much because I would think that she would. I know she does talks and conferences, but. Yeah. We have a lot of people who are coming forward with this craziness, and she's someone who really survived an the, awful a moment. A brutal thing. Yeah. I think she also probably just takes a step back a little bit because she got so much shit afterwards yeah. that it was ridiculous. But Yeah, I guess that's true, too. Like I imagine that it, you know, people yeah. give her crazy amounts of flack for not being, not running away when she had opportunities, and it's like, you can't put yourself in someone's shoes like that. Like, you can't because you know what you would do, but you don't actually know what you would do in that situation because yeah, you, you weren't ever know. in that situation. Yeah. You're a full-grown adult, and you shouldn't be judging a 14-year-old girl who'd just been raped for nine months. I can't tell you what I would do even as a grown adult if I had to go through something like that. Even now if that happened to me, like, obviously mm -hmm. I know if they're like, oh, we have someone on your parents, like, they're going to kill them. I'd be like, I don't believe you, but they right. would also know that I'm a conscious adult that knows better but it's also one of those things like she 100 percent believed that any moment her he would kill could, her that her he parents. would kill her yeah and she they would, yeah, know? he would kill her so like that's different too that that puts a whole different mental state like every time you you may like fuck up or try and sneak away like you could just die like i don't know i i got really mad when i went and read some people's opinions on her and like regardless of what you believe about why this situation happened is up to you but giving her flack for being a 14-year-old girl who was afraid to run away, you really got to grow the fuck up. You got to grow the fuck up. But anyways, a little bit more about her stay in the mountains because they did relocate to California, but her time in the mountains was rough. She was basically a slave to Wanda because she was the second wife, even though obviously, and I think Wanda had a lot of prejudice against her because Mitchell liked her more, obviously, yeah. because she's a 14-year-old girl, and obviously Mitchell had a thing for kids. Yeah. Um, and Wanda was... Four, she was 43. Yeah, she was older. When she divorced, and that was a couple years prior, so she was like 45, 46. She's not in her prime. But, um, so she would... So he would also then make her, um, Elizabeth, drink, like drink alcohol yep. and would take advantage of her at that time too very um, little food and water they had to hike this pretty treacherous there's actually like you know like there's a hike up there that's well known amongst utah hikers as being yeah. very difficult and that was one of the hikes that they had to do regularly to get water yeah to, to bring up water and then sometimes mitchell would be a bitch and just be like they went um a few days without it um bring Mitchell was the provider, so he would have to go scavenge for food, but most of the time he would come back drunk or high. Yeah, he and would he go... would bring back liquor and drugs and make her smoke and... Yeah, he, he would go down to the valley and he... I can't remember the word that he used, but basically he would go and steal and beg and he called it preaching, right? Like he would yeah. go preach to people and people would give him money, when in reality, I'm sure he was just on the street asking people for money. And yeah. he did have like... He had a lot of connections. He had a guy who worked at a grocery, a grocery store. store who would he would just go in there and Steal gather up a the of bag shit. of food. And the guy was like, "Oh yeah, we got a party!" Like they were 
homies. They were homies. Yeah, he would let him take like two bags full of shit and then maybe buy like a jar of pickles and then call it a day. Yeah. As long as he bought one thing, they were good. And then yep. they would hang out afterwards because he was like his dope dealer as well. Right. So there was a turning point in Wanda where Mitchell had left for kind of a pretty extended period, like enough time that they were they both suffering went up to, there. They were, yeah, they were, they didn't have food for like four days. And Mitchell was supposed to finally get some food, and he came back at, like, four in the morning. Fucked like, up. literally fucked up, but also to the point where Wanda and Elizabeth were just sitting there, and, like, Elizabeth was like, is someone going to... Yeah, he smoked weed and, like, probably a bunch of other drugs, but weed was the most big one. I know Elizabeth tried it because of him, but I wouldn't be surprised if, like, crack and meth was involved. Right. But weed was his best, biggest thing. Yeah. Um, but... Yeah, they, they were starving for four days to the point where Elizabeth was, like, almost wanting him to come back because she was worried that Wanda would then leave her. Yeah, she thought Wanda would just dip. Because, uh... She was shackled. Because, yeah, because Mitchell um, tied her up with, like, a, like, one of, like, those metal wires and had the key with him always. So if, say, Mitchell didn't come back... Wanda would, what would like what she was worried. She's like, what if Wanda just leaves me up here and, and she I'm would just, die. she would just die. Well, and then there was a time period too where she was shackled by her neck. As yeah. Well. I was, don't remember the time frame of which one. I think they removed the neck one because she would just have to sit outside, and then they always kept the ankle one on until Wanda finally was like, hey, she, I, Wanda and Brian fought all the time, and you know it just sounded yeah. crazy. She basically said, hey. We're tired of sitting up here while you get to go have all the fun. We want to go down there. And after convincing Brian, was like, okay. And what they had to do is they made Elizabeth a veil that people couldn't see through. Yeah. And then they wear these. If it was covering her face, only her eyes were available yeah. to see. And then they wear these crazy linen robes so they look like, you know. And I, and I can't blame people who saw them and didn't say anything because it's the type of situation where you probably see that and you're like, Dude, like, don't look too long. They might start talking to you. Yeah. Like, they're, like, they're weirdos, but... So they ended up going down, and I think this is the point in time where a lot of people give Elizabeth a lot of shit for for this because they found themselves in the Salt Lake Valley and specifically at the Salt Lake Public Library. Yeah. And when they walked in, she states that she saw a guy notice them and then leave and get on a cell phone. Yeah. She noticed someone look her in the eyes and then turned away and then got on a phone. Yeah, and then shortly after, a detective showed up, Mm -hmm. and basically, and keep in mind, this is right in the prime, like, within a couple months of her being gone, so there's still posters everywhere, there's still, you know, a manhunt, I guess you could say, and different things, and the detective showed up, and basically what happened is Mitchell was able to convince the detective that this was part of their religion, and if that detective removed that veil... It was the equivalent of deflowering his daughter in front of his own eyes. Yeah. Like, only her husband, not even her father, could take off the veil. Like, they, he, he made it, like, bigger than, like, I think, like, Muslim religion and, like, the sense of, like, you can't take your off your hijab, hijab until you're with your husband or your father or your yeah. family. Like, you can only do it in, like, your private, private, private life. This was even worse. This was, like, her face, and it was, like... I don't even get to see her face. And then, her husband gets to see her face. Like, you were, you will take your my daughter's virginity away from her if you take off. They basically made up some bullshit where the point where the detective's like, well, I don't want to lose my job if this guy pressed charges. Well, and this is a very haunting part in the story, too, because Elizabeth even recounted saying that 
the way that Brian spoke to this officer, it was like listening to the nicest, kindest, most gentle human being on the planet. He was such a manipulative motherfucker. Yeah, like he treated that officer like amazing. Yeah. And like just told him the details of what they were and how their religion worked. And it worked. And you know what? It's tough, right? It's really tough because, like, you want to put yourself in the shoes of the detective and be like, no, I'd say fuck it. Like, yeah, we all would in hindsight. But there are stuff you have to follow. And, like, we live in a religious area, so, like... You have to be careful. And also, too, like... Like, I guess in the detective's defense, it's like... That would be like if he asked a Muslim girl to take off her hijab. Like, that, yeah. that's for, that's grounds to be fired terminally. Well, that's grounds for a lot of stuff. That's, that's, a, that's a civil a, rights problem. That's a civil rights problem. So, in the, the detective's case, it was one of those situations where... He did his where job. He did his job, which is very unfortunate for Elizabeth, but that's where a lot of people also give her shit, too, is because... She could have said She could have said something, but at the same time, Wanda was holding her leg underneath with her nails, being digging like... Into digging into her skin. Digging into her skin, basically, and then she was, like, frightened, because what if she did say something and Michael or like Mitchell just turned around and stabbed her right there well and, and she also like, you know? didn't know like she was worried that Mitchell would be able to overpower this detective and like kill him and then maybe enrage kill her like that's the thing is like you hear her speak about it and if you just hear if you gloss over the story and be like oh well, I would have done this different I would have done this different if you actually listen to how she says it like would you have yeah. like would you really have because like if you're like a 14 year old boy or girl you're not stopping this grown ass man who is strong as fuck, you know, and you're not, like, if he kills a detective, you're not going to get away. No. And dude, like, runs and shit all the time. Like, he's going to catch you, and he, it's either going to... He gonna... climbs a mountain, like, every three days to get water and carries yeah. it up and down, which he then started making Elizabeth do. Right. So that's when she started getting her, like, kind of, like, her freedom, quote-unquote. Right. But... This actually, though, this event sparked confidence in Mitchell, because he yeah. was, like... He got away, and he was, like boasting about he's like see my precious whatever he called her yeah no one can take you away god is on our side yeah and then he, he got was... a wife from those silly cops again yeah. they're never gonna find you just no preaching and doing his typical stuff um there was also an incident and i don't remember if this was the same trip or not but they went to a party and... this was before they got because after that happened they were like we need to get the hell out of dodge it's too it's too risky here but that was Pre that, they went to a party in Salt Lake County, dressed up like they were. It was a wild party, for sure. Wild party. Um, People fucking. Yeah. Drinking, like, real absinthe. And... Like, yeah, like, it was a hardcore party, and I yeah. wouldn't be surprised if it was, pro- it was a very sketchy party. I mean, yeah. if it was a party enough that a homeless dude that a lot of people know from the streets comes along, and everyone's chill with him, then it's fine. Like, it's, it's a party that's pretty sketchy as it is. But yeah, like she went to a party and there was actually girls that were like come up to her and ask right. her. But that was also the party where um, Wanda and Brian had a very big fight where yeah. Wa- like Wanda was basically like, we're going fucking home. We don't want to do this anymore. Like you're out of control. Yeah. Like you need to calm down. Because he was drunk as fuck. He couldn't, they had to sit and hang out. Like, down in the valley somewhere for, so he could sober up because he couldn't go up the mountain. Yeah. Like, they got into, like, where they would start their trail, and then they all passed out. No. Because they, he was so drunk, they couldn't obviously carry him up that. They can't. They could barely carry gallons of water, let alone a grown-ass man. Well, and, and keep in mind, too, like, 
Brian feeds Elizabeth all the stuff that he does. Like she. Oh, that and he's taking a shot. She's taking a shot. Yeah, and she and he made her do absent, right? Yeah, he made her take absent because like as soon as he was passed out, she passed out. Like she couldn't even run away because she was so drunk and so right. tired. Because I mean, I think the party went on to like three in the morning because yeah. they were out all day. Because that's when she learned how Mitchell stole from the, yeah, yeah, the yeah, grocery yeah. store because she was there with him. And the grocery store clerk was at the party. Yeah, he was at the party. He that's was how flirting like, with Elizabeth. Yeah, that was the crazy part. Cause crazy. It, literally, because he even talked to, like, when it, like, went to try to, like, take off her veil. If he just would have taken off her veil, he maybe it would have ended right there. You know, it, it it is, to the hindsight thing, it's crazy how many times, like, another person was so close to figuring it out. There is you know? always it's, it just baffles me that like that people were near her and only one person was able to try to save her because they went to the valley a few different times yeah. to like get alcohol. There was just the party incident and then the library incident because that library incident then sparked their move to California, San Diego. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so like after the the party, Wanda and Brian kept fighting more. And then Brian was like, after the library was like, you guys can't be out in public anymore. You guys are done. I'll do all the rest of the work. We're going to get the fuck out of here. And before we get to them making the decision to go to California, I do want to talk on one thing that happened that was crazy. Mm -hmm. So Brian and them were having a conversation. I don't know what led to it, but Elizabeth ended up talking about her cousin. And come to find out, her cousin lived several houses down from where Brian used to live with his mother and Brian had this interesting well not interesting he had this thought he was like oh there's my new wife your cousin and Elizabeth was obviously just devastated that she gave out all this information not knowing that Brian was just going to take another bride. Yeah. So he, he go- talked the whole time about how he's like, he's like, I need as many brides as I need. Yeah, Damn. seven was the total, but then he wanted to multiply it or whatever. But he went down there, I guess the story goes, and tri- like broke into his mom's house. His mom had a restraining order on him because he's psycho. Yeah. And then when he broke into the cousin's house, it like there was a bunch of noise and he heard people scramble and then he ran away and that was yeah. God saying that she's not the one. Yeah, because I think he even like saw the dad and he was like, oh, I'm scattled. Right. So like, I mean, there was almost a point in time where it was Elizabeth Smart and her cousin both up on that mountain. Yeah, there was a small chance. Small chance that was going to happen because he sco- scoped out things. Like yeah, yeah he, he was inside the cousin's house. Yeah, he was almost so. there. He almost got her. But then winter hit. Then winter hit, so and obviously you can't live in the mountains in Utah in a tarp tent. Nope. If you guys don't know anything about Utah, we are the world's best snow, or the U- or United States' best snow is our slogan. Yeah, Olympi- like Olympic skiers come all the time yeah. just to hit our slopes. But they woke up one morning and the hail was so heavy that it was like there smacking was against the, the tarps tarp and, and stuff. There was like they were basically then there was like a small layer of snow and they were like, ooh, we're gonna need to leave. Right, so at this point, um, Brian came up with the idea of... God wants them to move to California. Right, that it was time to move to California, and he knows what he's doing, because you take a kidnapped girl from Salt Lake to California, even though I know the Elizabeth Smart thing was nationwide, like there was nationwide news coverage, Yeah, it's not the same. No. You know, there's not going to be... 
thousands of people in California actively searching for her. No, or like they might know the name, but they might, or they might barely know the face. But at that point, then Mitchell upgraded her veil into covering her whole face. Yes. So, so. she couldn't. You, you you just see some figure. You probably know it's a female, but you don't know anything else. No. And their trip to California was successful. They were able to hit, I think they took the Greyhound bus, right? Yeah. From, and then stopped in Vegas for a while, then made their way down to San Diego. And it was kind of a lot of the same bullshit. They stayed in what she called the fire swamps. Yeah, it was just some, like, think, weird-ass place that even Elizabeth's like, how are we going to live here? But, like, Mitchell made it work. I think she even may have made a joke, funny enough, Comparing it to something out of Princess Bride, right? Yeah, she was like, it looked like Princess Bride because of the hanging... Yeah. The trees had, like, those hanging pods that yeah. kind of concealed them. With all with the rats of unusual size type yeah. thing or whatever. Yeah. So, um, they stayed there and it worked. They found a church out there that would throw away bread and give them food. Mitchell was out doing Mitchell things. He was getting mm -hmm. money. He bought her a couple times KFC. Um, yeah. I think he just had a little bit more luck there. But he also then started getting drunker more, started Taking some more, more risks. Definitely getting laxer and, and crazier. It ended up landing him in jail for a week. Yeah. Or captive at least for a week, right? I think so. He, I don't remember exactly what he did, but he ended up in jail for a week on some sort of charge. That didn't stick, but Elizabeth and Wanda were left with nothing. Yeah. And they were basically dying. And they, they were just scavenging. Like, like, Elizabeth talks, like, she's like, my mom always taught me to finish my plate, but I thank God that people don't. Because if they didn't, I, if I didn't have the food in the trash, I wouldn't have eaten for so long. Yeah. She literally would scavenge in trash cans to get food. Yeah. That's the level of neglect they also gave her. It was just... I do have to give her props in one way that I probably wouldn't give many people props. Um, she talks a lot about God in her book and religion and different things like that. And, you know, for a 14-year-old girl to not give up her faith faith in something... Yeah, even does, today, she's so Yeah, does, does make her a pretty strong person. You know, it. you could have easily gave up on your God because of all this tragic shit that you're going through. But she was able... And she even said that God was the reason that she was able to make it through. And, you know, I've talked on many different podcasts about my beliefs and how I look at things. But it's I got to give her props that she was able to Keep maintain that so much, yeah. and not give it up. Because if she gave that up, maybe she never would have been found. No, she might have just given up on herself at that point. Yeah. I think her religion helped save her by not letting her forget that her name is Elizabeth. Yeah. But, yeah. One thing that they did in California that was different from Utah is I think at that point she was so just, like, I guess not given up, but, like, just so brainwashed into knowing her fate that she was stuck there until something was going to change was they actually had two different tents. Yeah. And Mitchell, because of Wanda being so mad at him, they he was like, okay, so what I'll do from now on is I'll make it so one night I get to stay with Wanda, one night I'll be with Elizabeth. Kind of like breaking it up. And I think that lasted two nights until yeah. he only fought, like raped Elizabeth every single day after that. It was, no, it was like a Wanda in the morning, Elizabeth at night. Yeah, then they yeah. changed it to Wanda was his um, his day wife and Elizabeth was their night wife, which is the worst deal I've ever heard of. Yeah. But 
whatever. It made Wanda just a little less bitter. Um, this is where it kind of gets to Elizabeth becoming more of a bad bitch, at least in my eyes. Yeah. Is that all of this went on, right? She went, they, she was starving, she was dehydrated, and she got down and prayed to God to ask if she, if it's okay if she manipulates Brian into doing something specific because they started talking about leaving California. Yeah. And going to like like New Hampshire or like somewhere where they probably will never find her yeah just completely obscure so she she prayed to God and basically said hey because like manipulation is something is a sin it's a sin so like if you do that God lying will... is a sin so yeah. she was like she wanted to make sure she was comfortable and got like the permission yeah from God which is honestly like the show just like what kind of like if that doesn't show what a like a good Mormon Christian girl she is, she had to ask God to lie and manipulate her captor. Yeah. If that doesn't show her innocence and her purity and how good of a person she is, not that you have to be a good person to believe in God. I don't believe in God, and I'm still a good person. Right, but it's like, for her to actually pray to make sure that's okay is so crazy to me yeah it's, it's very so, it's, pure. it's very pure and it shows just what a smart and what a what a nice innocent girl she is and keep in mind at this point she has been she has done things that would get any mormon member excommunicated at this point yeah and not that she did it willingly but she no. would be not a mormon if she did it willingly yes kind of exactly um and basically she gave mitchell what he wanted which was her believing in him yeah she told him i don't know what it is i know that i can't talk to god like you but i keep getting these visions and messages of us going back to utah can you talk to god and see if that's right like if that's actually what he wants like i keep hearing it and i just like i don't want to like believe it because you are the master yeah sir. he called she called him the prophet or the seer or whatever it was yeah. and mitchell like loved every second of it he like, was like you like, finally understand this me. finally and you want she even said like wanda was suspicious yeah because wanda wanda knew. knows that it's all bullshit and brian was like yeah god actually was right yep this is it this is it for sure let's do it so they made the long trip back which is actually pretty crazy too because they hitchhiked they got rides from truckers they walked through the fucking desert where she almost died <laughs> you know because yeah. the california deserts are no joke Mm-mm. um and they found their way back to utah thank god yeah yeah and it really wasn't that long mm-hmm. upon returning to utah because to preface or preface preface Bieber, yeah, yeah Bieberg gave me some shit for this, and I can't remember what it is. Shout yeah. out to Bieber. Um, preface. To preface what happened is they decided they were going to get some costumes, dye their hair, get wigs, to try and not look like who they were. Yeah. Because now, you know, they, they should get, they'd probably get mm-hmm. caught. Um, Elizabeth was wearing like a gray wig, and I can't yeah. remember what the other two did. I think Mitchell dyed blonde or something. They did or talked shit. about that yeah. dying blonde. Anyways, they showed up. They finally made their way to Utah. They got dropped off by some guy, um, like a trucker or just some nice dude giving them a ride. Yeah. And uh, they made their way out to like 106 South. 
which is what like West Jordan for us, Sandyish. Yeah, around there. I think officially on report they got captured in Sandy. Yeah. But they got on a bus and there was a guy on the bus who walked up to him and started asking him questions because mm-hmm. they look weird as fuck. Yeah. And he was like, "Oh, well, why does she wear? Why does she have a gray wig on?" Brian, like, "Oh, blah, blah, blah. he didn't want to give him the time of day." And we don't know, like, the reports don't know who called the cops on them. Yeah. But I do find this very awesome. The reason why they called the cops is they recognized Brian and Wanda from America's Most Wanted TV show. Yes. They got an episode because obviously they're wanted. Yeah. And people saw him and were like. That's him. That's him. That's for sure him. So on, man, I don't know if I wrote down the date or not. It was March of 2003. I don't remember. March of 2003. I don't remember. the 26th, I think I have it written down. Yeah, I don't remember the exact date. But Wanda, Brian, and Elizabeth were walking down the street. And one police car pulled up. And then a second police car pulled up, and then a third, and a fourth, and a fifth, and a sixth, and confronted the group. And this is how bad, how far gone Elizabeth was, is she was still afraid to say anything in front of Brian. Yeah. And she wouldn't say her name. And she even mentioned, she's like, I haven't been called Elizabeth in nine months. I don't even remember it. And finally a cop pulled, because they were treating the whole group like they were bad yeah and then finally a cop pulled her aside and was like hey you know if you're elizabeth smart your parents are looking for you and miss you and want you back and then like she dug down deep and she's like i am elizabeth yeah and that was like the that was the start yeah and also to all the assholes that give her her sister shit it was actually her sister who was helped identify the man because he was all, she was able to identify the abductor's voice because um, she was able to like recognize that that voice was actually the guy that her parents hired to help. And then from there, they were able to figure it out like from like his sister being like, oh, that's my brother. I wouldn't be surprised. He's a crazy man. And right. that's how they then ended up on America's Most Wanted. And obviously, that being such a big case in Utah, then that guy was like, I know who you two are. I'm pretty sure I know who that is. Right. But I'll leave you guys alone. The cops are already on their way. Yeah, pieced it together. Yeah, like, he, like, that. that's when, like, um, that's so, like, anyone that, like, wanted to give her sister shit, um, excuse me, um, she actually got it. Um. But. What transpired after that was pretty awesome. Like, when you listen to her talk about it, like, you know, the cop handcuffed her and put her in the back of the car and she Mm -hmm. was scared to death because she didn't know what was going on and took her downtown where she ended up her father walked into the room yeah and like obviously like (laughs) her father's like oh my god i thought you died like we thought you were gonna we were gonna find your body not yeah and they had this big embrace and it was very sweet and wholesome and then they the cops had to take them downtown to like the main the main police station and it was funny, like, her dad, like, called the mom and was like, oh, my God, we have Elizabeth, like, all this different stuff. And she was, like, screaming to get Elizabeth on the phone. And right when they started talking, the phone died. Like, oh, that was, <laughs> I would be like, you know, I'd be freaking the fuck out and be like, no. But the mom had made it down to the police station and they had, like, like that. The reunion. The reunion. 
And this is what was cool and what still is cool about Utah because Utah still, till this day, is a lot more community-driven in most areas than I think a lot of states were. Yeah. And uh, there were, what she said, thousands of people at her home. Like, just fucking pumped. They were, they, everyone wanted her home. Everyone wanted her home. I mean, it was Elizabeth Smart. Like, her coming home was so big for so many people because, like, that's not heard of. That's not heard of of kidnapping people to come home. And on top of the fact, like, I think that people forget, like, there was a lot, well, excuse me, I don't think people forget, but there's, there was lots of people out hiking the mountains. I mean, there's there's details that we didn't cover here because this... You, it's so much details. That's why you also should read her book because yeah. she talks about even on, like, one of the first weeks she was taken, she heard someone call her name. Yeah. But Mitchell had, like, a knife to her being like, don't you fucking She thought anything. it was her uncle. And she didn't want to call her uncle because she was so scared of Mitchell that Mitchell would kill her uncle. And then and, kill her. And then kill her. Even not kill her, but her uncle would be dead. And yeah. that would just be on worse her than... hands. Yeah, that'd be on her hands, she thought. That was another thing that Mitchell said was, if you try and run away, I'll get you again, kill your family, and then now you think this is suffering, wait till you, the blood of your family's on your hands. Yeah, she, like, threatened her. Like, worse than her life, threatened her family's yeah. life, especially having four young siblings and an older sibling... I would not want to even think about putting their lives right. on the line. And know? there was even a point in time where a helicopter had flown over their uh, little campground in Utah. Yeah. And she didn't know this, but she was like, oh, I wonder if they're looking for it. They were. They were. <laughs> you she, know, like. Every time, because like, it's so disheartening. Like a month in, she thought everyone didn't care anymore and gave up. Like her, we'll talk about her family a little bit in the Patreon, at least yeah. some of the other stuff, but. They're very well. They're very well off, and they had yeah. a lot of money and a lot of resources to pump into finding her. And it wasn't just like a, hey, let's get the family together and go and search for her. It was a community effort. Yeah. And it it was just for me. It was cool. It was one of those like, oh, that's wholesome. Like she like they had to figure out how to get her into her house because of how many people were outside of it ready to like, oh my god, it's, it's her. Like yeah. we got her. You know, from media to people who helped to just neighbors like it that's a cool thing i mean i'm sure it's very overwhelming and all you want is to fucking go home and sleep go home and sleep and be with your family but i thought that was awesome that so many community members were there there to support yeah but anyways <laughs> some some happy news well yeah, i guess we should go over the trial yeah right? i didn't research much of the trial um i don't know if you did not too much mostly because Mitchell got life. At first, they were trying to get him a smaller sentence and not get him charged with sexual assault because they were trying not to get Elizabeth to testify. And she's like, nope, I'm going to do it. Yeah. Actually, fun fact, she went on a mission. So a week after her 22nd birthday, she left on a mission to Paris. Right. Fun fact. And then she actually stopped her mission, came home just to testify against him. Yeah. And then as soon as the trial end, continued her mission. That's some bad bitch shit That's right some there. bad bitch that she's like, nope, fuck you. You're going to jail for that's life. That's some Mormon bad bitch shit. Yeah, like... that's some Mormon bad bitch shit. She's like, <laughs> you know? she's like, she's like, she's like, I need to spread the word of God, but I need to take down my fucking, yeah. you know, kidnapper first. I, I gotta give, I give Elizabeth Smart a lot of props, especially after reading this, that she still went on a mission in an unknown area and went and did her duty. She went and did in her, her eyes, she went and did her duty. She did her. She she repaid God in her way. Yeah. 
But mad props. So yeah, so Mitchell got life. He still he's going. He's never with no chance of parole. So there's nope. no chance he's ever going to get out. I think it was out. two life terms or two life sentences. I think so. Yeah. Two. So she got two life sentences for assault and kidnapping. Um, and then Barzee, which is Wanda, was sentenced to kidnapping. Yes. But assisting of kidnapping, but that's it. And and this is the this goes to the court systems. I know we all know yeah. how fucked it up fucked up it was. Wanda didn't get sentenced until two thousand nine. Mm-hmm. So six years after this, um, and she was sentenced to fifteen years in federal prison as part of a plea deal between the defense and federal prosecutors. But the judge did give Wanda credit for seven years that she had already served. So the time between the her being capped for Wanda going to jail, and then from her trial, the judge already like gave her sentence off seven years. She can't. He counted all of that as and, part of her sentence, which is bullshit. And now she is out. She's actually free and out. So if you find her, jump her. Yeah. Curb stomp that bitch because right. she deserves it. <laughs> and then yeah, Mitchell. They tried to get him. The sanity charge, they tried to do all that. Yeah, they, they tried the, yeah, the insane. And the judge basically was like, ha, You were a sound okay, mind, bud. man. Yeah. He was a sound mind, and they, yeah, because they had to do the psyche valves to see, because since he was so crazy into God. Yeah. But they, they showed that, no, he was just an evil person. Yeah, for and sure. And he religion as most accounts, but, yeah, so he got two life terms. And then, yeah, Wanda is unfortunately free and on parole up until 2024, so she's on parole right now, but I mean, there's no way she's in Utah. No, but Maybe if someone wants leave. to plant some meth, no way. I think if you can't leave the state. Oh, that's right. She, ha- she is. is in Utah. So if someone wants to plant some drugs on her. <laughs> Maybe like, you know, like pretend to have been kidnapped by her and put her in your like house. So then it looks like it's another kidnapping, and so they're like, oh no, she is evil. Let's put her in for life because that is fine. Um. But anyways, some happy news on Elizabeth. Some good things that have happened to her. So she served her mission where um, she actually, um, while she was on her mission, she met a Scottish native, Matthew, um, which they fell in love. And then in 2012, they started dating. After a year, they got married. Now they have three beautiful children um let's see chloe who was born in february 2015 james in april 2017 and olivia in november of 2018 so elizabeth has done really well for herself she got i think either her master's or her bachelor degree in music um because she was really into the harp. The harp, yeah. She's yeah, yeah. really weirdly into the harp. Hey, you know you what? Know the what? harp's cool as fuck. It's so badass. Yeah. She, I watched, um, she has also on Instagram, you can see what she's doing nowadays. It's really sad her grandma died. Uh-huh. Um, but pre that, like during COVID, her grandma had to go into like a hospital. And obviously during COVID, she couldn't like see her in person. So she brought a motherfucking harp to her window and serenaded her. Right. Bad bitch carrying yeah, that up. harps are heavy. Oh, they're fuck. big. They're, they're big. big. Um, so Elizabeth um is now does the harp. I think she teaches, but she's now a very big activist. She has her own podcast oh, awesome. where she talks to victims of either kidnapping or assault. She um 
What else has she been doing? Hold on, I have it here. Um, so yeah, she also now, um, she came out with a Lifetime movie based on her the book My Story, uh, which the movie is very accurate to the story. So if you don't want to read it or listen to her, because if you read it, it's better to listen to the audiobook because you listen to her talk about yeah. it. If you're not really into that, I'd watch the movie. It's, I think, an hour and a half. It's a Lifetime movie, which Lifetime movies are like, meh. But it's a really good one, and she actually features in the movie at certain scenes to, like, talk about her story. And a lot of it is, it shows that she was given so much grief because, um, I think it was one of the rape scenes in the movie. Um, so if that's kind of something you're not into and, like, it's hard to watch. I'm maybe, sure it's a hard movie. It, it's a hard movie to watch, but, I mean, it's not super, super graphic. It's just you know what's happening because it cuts to, like, the act starting and then it cuts to Elizabeth, which, watching it, I didn't know she was going to pop up out of nowhere. Freaked me the fuck out. I was like, what the fuck? And then it's her, and she's like, you see this scene, right? Are you really going to tell me I'm asking for it right now in yeah. that scene? And it's really powerful. That's why I really wanted to do Elizabeth Smart because, like, I know... I watched that movie like four years ago and it's still so good. Yeah. But um, so she has a movie, but now on Lifetime she has a true crime show oh, no about shit. disappearances and things like that. I know they have 12 episodes. I think it just started airing about two months ago. So they're about halfway through the season. Don't know if it'll be renewed, but she's doing like a small true crime thing. Um, something that really sad that actually happened to Elizabeth, on top of all the things she fucking went through, she was on a plane, I think going to a conference or something. Where was that? In twenty in two thousand nine. So this was or no, twenty nineteen. So last year this happened to her. So all the shit she's already gone through. She goes on a plane, falls asleep as a lot of people do For if sure. you can. Um, she wakes up to a guy rubbing in between her legs, and so on top of that, luckily I think. It worked in her favor having her status because he did get repercussions. It doesn't talk a lot about what happened afterwards. It's crazy. But I'm at all the things that she's already gone through, then to get assaulted on a plane. But so now she came, actually has come to make a self-defense program. She So after that happened, she actually was like, this is enough's enough. Women deserve to find, like, learn how to take care of themselves. So she started a self-defense program. Good. I mean, with COVID, it kind of got drew back because you can't. It's hard to start up a new gym slash things like that with COVID. I mean, you can still do stuff, and I mean, but it got held back. But um, she has a full website now. It's a self-defense program. It's the Elizabeth Smart Foundation self-defense. So now she, it's a class for women on how to defend themselves when being yeah. in, in any situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a self-defense class. So she's now created a self-defense program for women Good. on top of everything else she's already been doing with activism, like talking in conferences to people, helping victims. Like, if you go through her Instagram, you can see her posting about missing children and people being found and resources that she can give people. And, like, she's really doing well for herself right now three beautiful children so you know i don't know if the story is best selling but i wouldn't be surprised if it was for a time period i think for when it first came out it really was because it was because then she came out with a second book but i don't know how well that did because i think it was like a after the fact what happened like how she's doing now Um, so one of the segments that we like to do on here is like strange facts yeah about the situation and there was there's some that we could cover um we might cover some more like we said, the conspiracy stuff on Patreon. Mm-hmm. There's one that I want to talk about for sure, and it was the yellow cup. 
So yeah, there was a moment when Elizabeth was up on the Wasatch Mountains in their camp. Yeah. And I think this is where um, a lot of people have issues because she talks a lot about the Mormon trek. Yeah. And I think that's where sometimes it's a disconnect from people who aren't Mormon and don't understand the religion and think it's all about polygamy and having multiple right. wives. Which it's not. It's not anymore. Not anymore. But um, she talk, it, it, bases, it based off of the trek she brings up. I will say this, and I will cover this in the Patreon, though, and I kind of wonder if sometimes the reason why she doesn't get talked about as much in the Mormon community now is the fact that Brian Mitchell does have a lot of eerily similar beliefs as Joseph Smith had. I don't know if that's a reason why, but it could be. Yeah. Anyways, she talks about this yellow cup, and what happened was she was dehydrated. She had just gone through awful things with Mitchell. Yeah. Like This was like day four. Mitchell was being a little bitch and not getting them watered, and it was like day four with all of them not having a drop of water. Yeah, so she had fallen asleep just exhausted dehydrated mentally and physically destroyed yeah and she woke up in the middle of the night and there was a yellow cup next to her full of ice cold water Mm -hmm. which she said the only way that water could have been that cold is if it was right from the spring yeah um and her her reasoning behind it was god put it there um now that's up to the listener's interpretation of what it could be or if yeah. it really did happen i point that out just because it was a very interesting moment in the book because you're like okay now we're getting a little mystical with it it's getting mystical and biblical so it's like take it as you will because she referenced it to the girl on this little girl on trek whose her shoes were so bad that her feet were bleeding and bruised and that she found a pair of shoes that were her exact size and she was able to then continue the trek and live through the trek. Right. It was like, it, it's more of like a Mormon thing at that point. So that's why I feel like a lot of, like some people who don't aren't religious kind of like, okay, whatever, bitch. But it is an interesting fact because yeah. like, it she was relates it, to that to that. Yeah. And was it mystically put there by God? Yeah. You know, I say no because of my beliefs. She says yes because of her beliefs. You know, could it have been Mitchell leaving it there? Like, so she could sleep and wake up and have water because she needed it. Was it Wanda? Because Wanda was Wanda. Like, did yeah. one of them put it there? Did she grab it out of like a tiredness because Mitchell came back with water? We don't know. But she did put that in the book, and I always thought that was an interesting, very interesting, strange fact. Strange needless facts. to say. But outside of that, there's not really many other strange facts that we didn't already cover. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that kind of wraps it up for what I have to say about it. I mean, I will, in my opinion, with, like, if you take your religious beliefs out of this story, Elizabeth Smart is an amazing and strong woman and I think deserves more credit than she gets. Yes, 100%. If you're so blocked by your belief system that you can't listen to her story and, you know, understand what she's saying... So be it. That's on you. Don't, That's your opinion. Don't give this woman shit for the for things that she did when she was 14 years old. Or because you think she... you would have done it different. That's fucking childish. Yeah. That's like um, blaming any like any of Ted Bundy's victims. It's like, well, you shouldn't have gone into his car in the first place. Or Jeffrey Dahmer's. It's like, oh, well, you shouldn't have trusted a man that you just met at a bar. Yeah. Or that girl that also was from Utah that 
hooked up with a guy she met on Tinder, it's like, well, you shouldn't have hooked up with just some guy that was persistent. Anyone who can talk in hindsight like that are fucking idiotic. Yeah, if you really, if you have the audacity to say, well, I wouldn't have done that, well, then good for fucking you. That's yeah. why you're still here. Do not blame the victim yeah. because of what they had, what they, what they decided because of something evil, someone evil doing something to them because yeah. that's not deserved. Everyone has the right to live their life how they want to live. Elizabeth did not have any choice in the situation. Just like how that Tinder girl didn't have a choice after he pulled a knife on her after having sex, the Chad Bundy's women just were trying to go on a cute date with the cute guy and he decided to murder and rape them the same with jeffrey dahmer you wanted to go all of them all of them gacy i mean gacy our next one kemper kemper like i'm just gonna leave you guys with this if you victim shame in 2020 specifically you're a cunt you're a cunt you're a cunt straight up like like you (laughs) you're a piece of trash you are not you, if you're victim blaming, then you obviously are not an empathetic person. And maybe you should get checked out by, you know, maybe you are a psycho. Maybe you are the evil in the world yeah. that we should be worried about if yeah. you're really victim blaming. Because at the end of the day, victim blaming, you really got to look at the wording of it. You're blaming a victim. How does that make sense? Because it, why, why are you making, why are you, like, why are you putting down the victim? It doesn't. People want to think that. If they were in the situation, they would have done better. And it's like, you can't, because we're all individual. Yeah, we're all individual. And also, if you could do better, good for you, but someone didn't. Yeah. So now grow up. And yeah, grow up. Be empathetic. Yeah. No one should lose <sighs> their life over something. Just or have us. to go through something like this. Like, you have grow- to go through something like this and then get shit on. It's very childish to victim blame. It is very childish. It shows, it shows immaturity. It shows a lack of... Empathy. Empathy. It shows a lack of even life skills. Like you, you, makes no damn sense to me. We could have a whole entire hour discussion on victim shaming and how much you know, it, it bothers me because I've had stuff that involved victim shaming and I, you know, it's just it's hard. It's fucking garbage. We can talk about it more maybe on a different Patreon episode. I yeah, don't know. Definitely. If you guys want to hear more of our opinion on victim shaming and how you're kind of do it, <laughs> hit up hit us up on our Patreon. So to close out, um, Elizabeth Smart, Elizabeth bad Smart, bitch. bad bitch. Our next episode will be in two weeks and we're fall, we're doing the ed kemper the co-ed, the co-ed killer. killer if you want to talk about mommy issues Oof. if you want to talk about feet fetishes listen i got a lot of good jokes for ed kemper oh ed kemper yeah that's a that's an easy target though. <laughs> yeah that's a that's one that you can poke fun at i ed, like poking the bear on that one because he's a, not he's an interesting fella it, that's yeah. gonna be a uh I was about to say fun one. It's not going to be fun. It's going to be interesting. It's, there's going to be a lot of jokes in that one. Yeah. A lot he's... of tasteless jokes. And if you guys don't know who that is, if you've watched Mindhunters, he is the big giant gentleman in Mindhunters. He's very sophisticated. Very, very, very sophisticated for all that he's done. Yeah. But. Which is a trend. It is a trend. But anywho, uh, follow I... us on our social medias. Yes, I do have a shout out that I have to give. Oh, yes. Who's Sarah that? Johnson. Okay. She's been a guest on Top Shuffers podcast, and mm-hmm. she helped me do research. She had emailed me mm-hmm. and done research for the Elizabeth Smart one, oh, as well as information that we will go over on the Patreon episode. So, yeah. shouts out, Sarah. Thank you. I appreciate it. If anyone else is interested in researching true crime or being involved in the podcast in somehow, mm-hmm. True Crime Drunks at 
gmail.com. Yep, uh, there or email uh, Top Shelfers. Either way, whatever you're most top, comfortable. Top Shelfers Podcast at gmail.com. Yeah, follow us on Instagram. Top, what's it? Yep, Top Shelfers. Top Shelfers. Mine's Books, Coffee, Bees. If you are into horror related things and books, yep, got a lot of that there. TrueCrimeDrunks.com is our website. Our website. It is a working progress. Please email me and tell me how much it's cool. <laughs> It's and very well done. For those of you who watch us live, I appreciate you hanging out, being involved in the chat with each other. Um, yeah. We don't chat during this one because we want to stay focused on the t- on the subject and not get off Too topic. Off topic. But yeah. we do do other podcasts where we are engaged in chat. So you well, what I want is read between the wines. Next month we're doing Virgin Suicides. Yep, which is going to be a good one. It's a very interesting one. And then yeah, I it, think that's. Yeah, I think that will wrap up this week's episode. So thank you guys again for hanging out. And uh, again, that was truecrimedrunks.com. Dot com. Hit us up. Have a good night, everyone. Bye.